Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Francesca Spector, author of Alonement, How to Be Alone and Absolutely Own It. Welcome to a one-off mini-series of the Alonement podcast, produced in collaboration with the Marmalade Trust, hosts of the annual Loneliness Awareness Week, which this year runs from Monday the 14th to Friday the 18th of June. In this special series, I'll be interviewing three key figures who are exploring what it means to be lonely. Well, previous seasons of this podcast have focused on the whole spectrum of being alone, including alonement, which means positive solitude. This mini-series focuses specifically on the experience of loneliness and the expert solutions that can help us feel less lonely. Before we kick off with the episode, I want to share a little more about the Marmalade Trust's latest We Get Lonely campaign, which is built around an important double meaning. We get lonely, that's a fact. And the more of us who acknowledge our own loneliness, the better, because that's how we find support and solutions. Loneliness can happen to all of us, regardless of our age, life stage or background. Take it from me. I wrote the book on how to be alone, and yet I still get lonely sometimes too. There's another meaning though. We get or we understand loneliness. This campaign is about learning to understand the experience of loneliness, how it might affect yourself and others. Because as scary as it might seem, it's only through identifying and acknowledging what loneliness looks like that you can begin to navigate your way out of it. I hope you get a whole lot of positive takeaway from listening to these episodes. We know that loneliness can be devastating, with weighty effects on sufferers' physical and mental health. So let's take it seriously, because together, through awareness, honesty and understanding, we can help ourselves and others to feel less lonely and much more connected. This episode's guest is Sunday Times best-selling author Cheryl Rickman. Cheryl's book, Navigating Loneliness, How to Connect with Yourself and Others, is an insightful, comprehensive handbook to finding the balance between solitude and loneliness through cultivating the most meaningful, fulfilling relationship possible with yourself and with others. Cheryl is a woman after my own heart. As you might suspect from the title of her book, her anti-loneliness toolkit is just as much about time alone, connecting with yourself, as it is time with others. This was such a fascinating and refreshing conversation. Cheryl talks inspirationally about the purpose of reframing loneliness, not as something to be scared of or to stigmatise, but actually as a useful evolutionary signal that points us towards making positive changes in our lives. Cheryl also shares her personal experience of loneliness, how she initially learned to love time alone as an only child, yet her relationship with alone time changed when she tragically lost her mother as a teenager and she had to develop stronger, more meaningful connections elsewhere. I am so grateful for Cheryl's nuggets of wisdom in this podcast and I'm sure you will find so much practical takeaway in what she has to say.
Cheryl Rickman, welcome to the Alonement podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Francesca. Bless you. Well, I've been reading your new book, Navigating Loneliness, which we're currently in the first week of publication, aren't we? So really exciting time. And, uh, And it sounds like we have a lot in common in how we approach the issue of being alone, because a lot of your book, you know, as well as obviously being called Navigating Loneliness, seems to be about positive solitudes as well and how to cultivate that. So yeah, I mean, I was really, I was really intrigued to see effectively half of the advice in your book is about being being alone with yourself and that's really intriguing because I think quite often we think of loneliness the loneliness cure as being other people yeah and I think that's that's a key really is learning to be content in your own company and getting to know yourself and accept yourself is so vital. It's, it's, it's almost like the first step to navigating your way out of loneliness, I think, and being able to enjoy your own company um, and sort of really get to know what triggers you, what, uh, what you like to do, what your strengths are, uh, what your weaknesses are, all of those kind of things. Getting to know yourself uh, is, is, is a pathway, really, to getting to know other people on a deeper level, I think. Um, and we're so busy at the moment, you know, even even, you know, a lot of the time in lockdown, there's this sense of busyness that you don't really get that much time necessary to spend in your own company. I think it is is very important to kind of rethink how we see alone time, which is something that you're obviously um, doing great work in already. And uh, yeah, it's it sort of leads to the better you know yourself, the better you can get to know others and connect with others I think Hmm. Um, and the right people find the right people for you um, which is is really important when it comes to quality over quantity I think when it comes to relationships yeah yeah and I'm really I'm interested to know you know obviously you know loneliness is in the title of your book and it's it's what you know, it's what this whole this whole mini series of alonement is about. Specifically, that feeling of loneliness as distinct from alone time. But you know, I and I've asked every every guest on this mini series what their take is. Uh, but when, when I say the word loneliness to you, what what does that mean specifically? What does you know what, what image does that conjure up? I think it's such a subjective thing that. It's, uh, you know, you can you can live alone or be alone and it doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely, just as you could be surrounded by people um, and be more alone um, than even though you're not physically alone, you can feel lonely. So kind of the tradition, the image that you might think of of someone being by themselves um, actually doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely. So. Um, I think there's that, I mean, you've probably heard this many times before, but there's that whole thing, um, is it May Sarton says, uh, loneliness is a poverty of self and solitude is the richness of self. So, yeah, it's very much that um, lonely is kind of like when you, 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 have, you haven't chosen to be by yourself or alone uh, or it's not a choice, whereas solitude kind of is and it's that's what the positive solitude side of things come from. So I think that's really kind of the key. You can, you, you know, you can choose alone time and save a solitude and get that solace. Um, and it could be a really delightful experience. Whereas that's only actually if your innate need to connect has been satisfied. So I think if you um, feel like you belong and you have a good, um, a, a, even just one or two really solid connections of supportive relationships when you've got that uh being alone maybe doesn't feel so scary because you've got that connection or if you've got a really good sense of uh, self and connection with yourself um whereas if you don't have that then you could be surrounded by people and have a really big family and lots of friends but if you don't have that connection then you can feel lonely so I think it is a really kind of gray area but it's it's that sense of not feeling heard and seen and and feeling disconnected from other people 
or, or from yourself I think mm. loneliness is a poverty of self I actually I have never heard that before and I think it's really intriguing I what you know so what does that 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 phrase specifically that, that that idea of poverty is that that the being with yourself is in itself a state of poverty or how, how does that work yeah, I think, um, well, the other side of it is that solitude is a richness of self. So um, there was another um, guy um, who said, uh, what was it? The There's the glor- glory of being alone, which is solitude, whereas loneliness is the pain of being alone. So I think pain and, and poverty, it's sort of like... Um, a, a the lack, it's lacking. So I think loneliness is about a lack of something so a lack of connection whereas um solitude isn't about a lack of anything because you you've got the choice to to be alone and, and enjoy the solace of solitude um and loneliness can be kind of like um whereas solitude could be rejuvenating and uh restorative i guess um loneliness is more kind of can have a destructive uh sort of side to it so um yeah I think there's a there's a real big difference between the two Hmm. Mm. yeah I think there's that loneliness is it it, you know loneliness is a really horrible experience but it is also quite I think interesting as an emotion because it is so uniquely destructive and I think that you can you know and I know this from my own experiences you know if I'm alone and that's a lonely time if you know say in lockdown for instance when there wasn't much of a choice and many of us did experience loneliness it's almost like you don't feel like you can meaningfully move forward in that aloneness whereas you know I know that positive solitude you know what I what I have coined as alonement that time feels incredibly exciting that there is it's almost you know how you know I have so much to do in this time I've so it seems so ripe and full of opportunity and I think it's so interesting how effectively you know the same objective state can be felt in quite different ways yeah it really is fascinating because it's kind of like that the way you described it then Francesca was kind of like it's enriching to be have the solitude um whereas you kind of loneliness is something where you kind of feel stuck in Mm. um and it it can just feel like this place where you sort of want to climb out of this hole almost um like you know depression um and sort of other other uh, sort of parts of mental health you kind of can feel sort of stuck and uh, that you want to escape from this feeling of, of loneliness whereas solitude like you say it's a more welcoming and um enriching time period uh and I think the thing is I think too much solitude so for example if if you're you have a lot of solitude and then you're like okay I'm ready now to connect with other people and but you can't for whatever reason mm. I think that's when the low it can become loneliness um yeah, so it's it's a it's a, a tricky one, but it's it's um it's one of those things where it is part of it is a, a normal natural part of being human. Um, but yeah, there is a kind of taboo to these things, which I think we're all trying to kind of combat that. Um, yeah, and talk more about it. And if it, if it's normal and natural. Um, being lonely in itself do you think that you know and from you know from your exploration of this topic do you think there are any I don't know I I, I'm I'm hesitant to say positives but do you think it's you know it's kind of necessary that we feel lonely sometimes so that we so that we know what company is I suppose I think so I think that's that whole sort of uh it's important I think with anything to have the balance I think if you have balance then you can um you know if you're feeling lonely than when you are feeling uh connected uh whether that's to yourself and to other people you you do notice you're absolutely right there it's it's that it almost like if you it's that whole without the the rain there'd be no rainbows thing if you didn't have the negative side you you perhaps wouldn't appreciate the positive side so much mm. um you know and I think 
I think it's this thing where to to understand loneliness, there needs to be this acceptance of it. Um, and, you know, everybody, I think one of the things I learned while I was researching the book is I think, you know, the majority of people have or will um, at some point in their life um, had experienced some for level of loneliness, whether it's just fleeting very quick or uh, something that, that um, they, f- they feel often. Um, it's, it's such a common emotion or sort of feeling. And um, yeah, so it, it, I think there needs to be that acceptance so that people can ask for help when they need it. I think that's the key. Yes. Mm. And what was it that inspired you personally to write a book about loneliness? Yeah, well, um, I, I was commissioned to write the book just the, the very before lockdown started. Um, so from that side of things, um, it was loneliness was at epidemic proportions before there was a pandemic, but obviously it's increased. But personally, um, I was an only child and contrary to popular belief or the kind of generally belief, I, I never really felt lonely as a child. Um in some ways, I'm not sure if it, if it did, but I think it perhaps helped me develop a sort of relationship with myself and acceptance of, of, and, and enjoy my own company. So partly I wanted to tap into my own experience of positive solitude um, and, and um, alonement, as, as you say, as you coined, that side of things. I wanted to sort of tap into that positive side of solitude to help other people kind of reframe how they saw that um because so I just really sort of wanted to explore that and then um and and cultivate that help people cultivate the ability of being alone without being lonely um because I think that's sort of really key um and that sort of then led on to, okay, how do you navigate your way out of loneliness and connect better with yourself and then and then connect better with other people? So um, I think, as I mentioned, um, I think it's getting to know yourself and um, really sort of spending time with yourself helps you uh, kind of just know yourself better so that you're a better able to go out into the world and connect better with other people. So I sort of wanted to split the book into two, two parts or three parts, uh, actually, because it's um, how to connect with yourself um, and then how to connect with the right people. So through that knowledge of self-awareness, um, who is who are your people in your tribe, the people who will see and hear you uh, best um but then also once you've sort of established that actually learning to connect on a deep level with those people Mm. so you know listening skills and um and how to respond well and noticing your own patterns of response and sort of uh using them to connect well with other people um and sort of all of those sorts of things um and exploring all the resources that are out there to help people as well um yeah so yes long long answer but yeah it was really my my experience as a as an only child to help people um uh, enjoy their own company I think was that was the key yeah and and at what at what periods of your life do you recall being lonely as distinct from alone I think and I hadn't I literally hadn't really thought about it until I started to write this book but the the loneliest period of my own life um, would have been when I lost my mum. Now I was, it was during a time when you're surrounded by people. So I was 17 um, and yeah, you're, you know, you're, that's when you're in a social whirlwind and you're at college or, you know, just going out all the time. So I was, um, with people all the time I had a boyfriend I had a great group of friends my my dad um and yeah actually having lost that you know the first connection that you ever have um and when we were you know had a close relationship I had gone off the rails already a little bit like you you know people do as teenagers at, at sort of 
going out partying a lot. Um, but I kind of upped that a little bit and I was, I was sort of, um, yeah, kind of almost sort of self-medicating. Uh, and, and, and it was interesting because obviously a lot of it was grief. Um, but then there was a sense of loneliness of nobody understands, nobody else has been through that. Um, feeling on your own and having to cope with something so big. So I think that experience has helped me um, have a sense of empathy when writing the book. Um, uh, to to tap into that experience of, of loss and a lack of connection, um, despite being surrounded by people. Um, so despite not being alone at all, really, uh, during those years, um, I was surrounded by people and yet lonely. Um, that's helped me. And then also, like I said, the the um, being an only child and yet enjoying my own company. Of course, up until that point, um, I was able to do that. But then I think when something sort of major, uh, sort of uh, really heartbreaking happens in your life, um, that can sort of trigger um yeah, you, you're not going to enjoy your own company as much because you're um, you're grieving. So I think that was the one time that I really felt felt that loneliness. Um, and since then, I've been very lucky to kind of build relationships with people who um, really I feel see and hear me and encourage me and um, uh, sort of fill the gap, I guess that's that's left uh when when my mum passed away so um it's helped me really try and find the right people perhaps yeah perhaps more than maybe I would have um had my mum still been there maybe so yeah I'm 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 so sorry to hear that you lost your mum at such a young age as well what a horrible thing to happen and you know I think you know, it's 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 interesting that you sort of. It, it's only in writing this book, I suppose, that you uh, reflected on how lonely that was. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously you just think, oh, that's grief. You just you label, you know, that was grief. Uh, it went through all the sort of things, but actually, looking looking back on that time, yes, just partying and doing all the social things that you do as a as a teenager, anyway. Um, that sadly a lot of teenagers haven't been able to do with um, in the past year. Um, but yeah, sort of partying harder than perhaps I, I would have. Um, and then actually, yeah, just feeling that that sense of lost connection that was magnified, I suppose. Yeah. That's interesting what you said about sort of to compensate fostering those really close relationships with others and I like how you talk about that you say you you know I feel seen I feel heard in those relationships because of course we know it is about the quality of those relationships to um to prevent you from being lonely it's about having those quality relationships it intrigues me that you said that you had almost cultivated was like overfilled that gap not overfilled because that implies it's negative but you'd almost created sort of even even more connection as a result of that loneliness that it was almost an opportunity towards that those connections yeah I think it made me aware I mean at the time I think it was just a sort of social whirlwind and you just connect with people and and they're not necessarily the right people for you and that often happens as teenage years you connect with loads of different people but I think what it's done is as I've grown um I've really tuned into who I really relate well to. And um, people, so for example, now, the people I feel who who I've got the best and the deepest connections with are really people who are the encouragers and sort of very kind people. And I don't know, they they have certain qualities perhaps that my mum had. And I've sort of perhaps not knowingly sought that but reflecting on that I can see that it is those connections that um that I kind of savor and cherish the most um, as a result of of loss so I think yeah sometimes I've definitely learned that loss and lack can 
cat be a catalyst for um, real abundance and and uh, sort of a really positive connections. And I think now I've I've got some some really solid connections. Um, perhaps I maybe wouldn't have found had had I not experienced that loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and there's definitely always this sense of uh, strength from adversity. Uh, I definitely think I think a lot of people who've been through any kind of adversity. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, you're you're always stronger than you think you were or would be, and then when you come through the other side, you can realise that it's it's made you more appreciative, or it's had a really positive effect in many ways, despite the uh, the difficult, the challenging side of side of that sort of thing. Completely, and I, you know, I think that that hopefully is a very positive, inspiring message for some of the people listening to this, because mm-hmm. I suppose it comes back to that idea, you know, that sort of dichotomy of poverty and richness that we were speaking about earlier, creating, finding richness out of poverty, finding connection out of sort of having that, you know, gaping lack of it. I think it's a hopeful thing. And it's it's very important to have hope, I think. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, and I think as well, if you're if you're going through, if you're feeling lonely, um, or if you've experienced uh, an adversity in your life, it can be something that you, when you look back at at the time, it can be um, you know a terribly painful thing. But when you look back, um, it, it does remind you of of your strengths. And you can reflect on that. And actually being in solitude and having that time to yourself to reflect, um, you can notice and you can sort of, I mean, in the book, there's a few exercises about actually uh, looking at what you've been through and how you navigated your way out of that and things you've achieved and um, overcome. And then looking back and thinking, actually, I, I, I needed a lot of persistence for that or actually gosh, I am more resilient than I thought I was. And in getting to know yourself, you start to recognise these values and these strengths that you you weren't really aware of. And probably I might never have realised you had, had you not had that time in solitude. So, yeah. It's nice to think that you're suffering through anything or any any overcoming discomfort. It's nice to think about what you can get from 
from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And we're recording this uh, ahead of Loneliness Awareness Week when it will be released. And Loneliness Awareness Week, which is hosted by the Marmalade Trust, who are backing this podcast miniseries, their their theme for this Loneliness Awareness Week is We Get Lonely. I really like the idea of that because it, it speaks to that acknowledgement, that idea of owning up to loneliness, which, you know, as we know, can be a very stigmatized emotion. What would be your advice for talking about loneliness, for being able to say, I get lonely, we get lonely? Yeah, I think it's brilliant that they've chosen, the Marmalade Trust have chosen this topic, because um, I think understanding loneliness and accepting it is, is, is so crucial. And Obviously, you know, part of what it means to be human is kind of accepting the full spectrum of human emotion. Um, And, you know, life's hard enough without giving ourselves the pressure of of not feeling, ever feeling lonely and never feeling sad. Um, So what what tends, I think what's happened is loneliness has become kind of like a a taboo thing. So you don't want to kind of admit to being lonely um, because, you know, you you want to be popular and you want everybody to like you. And and does loneliness mean that you're not popular? And actually it doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, I think what's happened is there's been a culture of um, what I found really interesting in researching this book is we tend to kind of, um, experience of solitude and being by yourself are often associated with something negative so for example say you've been naughty as a child and you off you're banished to your room and off you go by yourself or off you go to the naughty step um and actually rather than say you know look we just go and have some time to reflect um you know and then that perhaps would be a more positive um thing so uh, you have time out of solitary confinement is obviously you know a, a, a punishment in prisons and so on um so we've kind of been conditioned i guess to see alone time as bad time um you know so i think what needs to happen um is i've actually there's a little bit in in the book that i could read about this to um to kind of reframe how we see loneliness so that we don't see it as a taboo and then we're more open to talking about it and saying yeah I'm feeling lonely and going and asking for help and so we do what the marmalade trust is suggesting saying yeah I get lonely so yeah I raise my hand I get lonely but also I get as in I understand and accept it um and I think the way to do it is to see loneliness as a signal so um so basically being really useful so it's kind of almost like yeah brilliant is it it kind of can be a, a positive thing so um in, in the book i've got here um i say um as evolutionary scientists have been saying for years loneliness like hunger and thirst has developed as an adaptive cue to drive us towards doing whatever is necessary to reproduce the survivors of species to connect socially with each other so in the, in the evolutionary context, disconnection uh, was sort of life-threatening as early humans were heavily disadvantaged when they were isolated, which led loneliness to evolve as a warning sign, call to action to reconnect and thus survive. Viewing loneliness from this evolutionary perspective can shift things. We don't feel shameful when we say I'm hungry or I'm thirsty, but we might when we say I'm lonely. Yet loneliness like hunger and thirst is simply a feeling that flags up when we are deficient in the nutrients of connection. So in this way, we can reframe loneliness as a helpful warning sign, which can then guide us into taking tiny steps towards what we need for our survival and towards connection. We can then see loneliness not as something to be ashamed of or embarrassed about, but as an evolutionary prod guiding us towards finding something that is missing. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really important way. So it's just, it's like hunger or thirst. It's just, oh, I'm, I'm thirsty for connection. I'm, I'm hungry for um, a chat. Or, uh, and seeing it in that way, I think, can potentially remove some of the stigma. Um, and also realising that how many people actually feel lonely sometimes uh, can make you feel not alone in being lonely, which is important as well. 
I love that. I love that. So yeah, as as a signal, as something that is, you know, not stigmatized and mm-hmm. negative as we see it, but yeah, something something as natural as hunger or thirst. And I think, you know, I hope that to people listening to this, then that it, you know, that that it, it automatically offers that feeling that it's okay, that it's um it can be spoken about in a way that is just something to be accepted, something neutral. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think it's that acceptance. And acceptance comes up a lot, I think, when it's when you're talking about loneliness, because it's partly the acceptance of it being a natural feeling, and like we say, like hunger and thirst, but also developing self-acceptance because when you get when you spend time alone, you get to yeah, look at your sort of, people tend to beat themselves up and give themselves a hard time and um, the inner critic pipes up. And I think that's why perhaps sometimes people don't want to be alone because they're concerned about, you know, in their own company, they might not be very nice to themselves. Um, And actually trying to work on your own self-acceptance is a real gift because the more you accept yourself, the more time you get to do that and do the work of self-acceptance, the better you show up in the world and the better you're able to connect with people and, and have the kind of confidence in yourself to go up to somebody and talk to them. And, and sort of it's, it's recognising your sort of strengths and weaknesses and, and, and accepting and uh, sort of having compassion for yourself. Hmm. Um, and yeah. being alone gives you the time, chance to do that. Totally. I mean, you know, a couple of things come out of that for me. So I think, firstly, I think it's so interesting that you mentioned the idea of alone as punishment. Mm-hmm. Because you're so right, you know, from from the very earliest years of our childhood, when you, well, I suppose not the earliest because you can't really leave a baby alone, but you know, from you know being sent to your room when you were a young child to yeah, yeah to you know being in prison, solitary confinement, that being the ultimate punishment. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wouldn't, I wondered as you were saying that. Do you think that we almost because we're so used to associating, we're so used to associating aloneness with punishment? Do you think we almost begin to punish ourselves? when we're alone yes I think so I think that ties in with that sort of self-criticism um and so on but also what's interesting is conversely we reward the togetherness so for example you know your goal is to um meet somebody and settle down and have children and start a family and so Mm. that's kind of and so that's sort of celebrated and conversely to 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 being by yourself and then yeah I think if you're sent off to your room and you know banished to your room to go and (laughs) just be by yourself or um it is seen as a as a punishment during that time you're kind of if if you are reflecting and thinking oh gosh yes I've been naughty and that's why I'm sat here on my own (laughs) then perhaps that does feed into when you are on your own you 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 list all the things that you think are wrong with you and you start cultivating these stories um which often are not true and are actually uh that's a whole other story but based on um external kind of validation and and actually other people's own stories that we sort of uh, adapt as our own um so yeah I do think that probably does happen and I think that that's why it's important to really consciously think about how what you're doing when you're alone and how you spend your time and what your thought processes are mm. which is important yeah so it's it's, it's that process I, I call I talk about this a bit in my book as well and I think it's that idea uh, I call them solitude skills those skills to be alone positively um but you know I wonder I wonder what you know I wonder if we could just um you know shortcut this for everyone and I I don't know you know alternative perhaps you know perhaps we need an alternative um parenting philosophy which involves you know sending the naughty kid to be with their great aunt Marjorie for half an hour every time they're naughty (laughs) and punishing them with togetherness 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. The what <laughs> going to be there? They're not so favourite aunt, or something, but yeah, I, <laughs> I think. But also maybe um, giving them sort of sending them, even if they're on their own, just the the language. Um, perhaps sort of let's go and reflect, reflect. Not necessarily on what you've done wrong, um, but. You know, let's just have some some quiet time to just you know to kind of refuel and just sort of and and try and sort of what the, what are the benefits of solitude are actually saying look you you can go go um go and sort of be with people um or if you are going to be on yourself and you think that 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 is the way to to uh, punish a child um then perhaps there would be some benefits in it for them as well and actually um sort of focusing on those as well um Mm. to get that balance yeah definitely yeah and I like I like what you said earlier as well about the idea of um accepting the full spectrum of emotions um Mm. and accepting that loneliness can be part of that because you know I it seems that we for instance, you know, we're, we're a society that quite often pursues uh, happiness. Um, and, that, you know, that's that's something that we're all sort of fighting for. You know, how can you be more happy? I don't know. There's almost a relief in accepting that something can be lonely and not sort of imposing too much on what that might mean. Just knowing it's a sort of natural part of your of your day or your week and whoever you are. Yeah, I think that is one of the biggest um the biggest ways to towards well-being is this acceptance, permission to be human. So giving yourself permission to be human and accept all of the different, um, uh, the whole spectrum of emotion. It's so important to, to, and freeing to just go, yeah, I feel really low today or I feel lonely today. And that means I'm lacking in connection. So is there anything I can do tomorrow to give me a bit, bit of whatever I'm, I'm missing, whatever nutrients I'm, I'm lacking? Um, and whether if that's connecting with somebody or myself, um, you know, what do I, I need to do uh, to, to really help with that? That idea of, I suppose, yeah, that idea of accepting those low well I mean I don't even want to call them low accepting those more difficult emotions like loneliness but also you know I I think that it comes back to that notion of turning a poverty into a richness Um, I think is really is, is really interesting and I think that again it's that idea that I suppose it's that acknowledging that is the first step right because if you don't not if you don't acknowledge that you a feeling a lack if you don't acknowledge you're feeling unhappy or loneliness then you don't even get the it doesn't even become the sort of jumping off point the opportunity it could be to turn yeah, it around you're absolutely right there and I think I think that's probably why one of the um, psychologists often say that one of the best things you can do when you're feeling um, sad or angry or guilty or jealous or lonely whenever you're feeling these things if you just take the time to label the how you're feeling and and um, acknowledge that feeling label it and say I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling lonely literally just voicing it has been shown in, in various research that um it kind of helps take the sting off it and almost dilutes the feeling just by literally labeling it. And then it also helps you move through it. And by expressing that feeling, which is why it's so important to to talk to somebody if you're feeling lonely, by expressing um, the feeling, you are not repressing or suppressing it anymore, you know, and, and, suppression of emotions can lead to depression and it's it's always better to express those emotions whatever they are and especially if they're a negative emotion you know those those emotions that that um, are challenging acknowledgement of of those feelings Mm. and label them and then be able to to talk to somebody or if you really feel like I just can't talk to anybody about this journaling and writing it down and just getting it out um is another way of expressing expressing the emotion absolutely um, really um, important 
definitely speaking to the alonement philosophy there as well because journaling mm. is uh journaling is a huge a huge thing I think it's you know I think it's one of the most key solitude skills to start yeah. with and just such a mentally healthy thing to do um and you know I think our conversation it's almost I've always thought of you know the idea of even you know the loneliness awareness week that this podcast mini series is to mark I've always thought of loneliness awareness as being a sort of sense of you know oh look there's um loneliness else elsewhere in society and we all need to be aware of that but actually I didn't know there's a whole new meaning it's uh, bringing awareness to your own loneliness can be a positive force uh which is really which is really interesting you know awareness awareness takes on a whole new resonance as a personal thing yeah and I think what's really interesting just hearing you say that Ben is I think with any sort of negative feeling it they are all signals aren't they they kind of you know if you're feeling lonely then that is signaling that you're deficient in the nutrient of connection Mm -hmm. and if you're feeling um you know really uh, disappointed say that's flagging up as a signal that you might need to make some changes in your life that makes you feel more fulfilled the whole spectrum of emotions sort of down the the lower end they are useful signals and I think if, if we start to see them as that rather than oh no, you're feeling that way, that's terrible, or there's something wrong with you. Actually, no, that's being human, permission to be human, and actually it's useful as a signal. It can help you make some changes um, and navigate your way out of loneliness or any other other emotion that you're feeling in that way so yeah yeah Yeah. I mean back to the title of your book navigating loneliness yeah Uh, and I love that you know next time next time I feel lonely I'm just going to envision a big neon sign you know pointing me towards more connection and and perhaps you know people listening to this might want to do the same because I think it's a very you know that uh, it's a much more optimistic take on loneliness Mm. I think yeah, yeah. And it's and it's not to belittle, you know, how painful and difficult loneliness can feel. Um, but I think with any any difficult feeling, it's really important to have that sense of hope. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, that to have to know that there is a way out and this too shall pass, you know, um, because it, it does. It does. Uh, people who've experienced all kinds of um, uh, tragic events and, and real hardships have found their way out of it and loneliness is is no different in that sense it, it there is always a way out yeah mm. wow and that's such a positive message and you know we I'm um looking at the clock we're rapidly running out of time which is oh, such yes. a shame because I could talk to you for hours <laughs> but I Thank you know you. I, you. I, I wanted I wanted to finish off by asking you you know simply there are so many positive useful tips and exercises in your book about navigating your way away from loneliness but if you could give one simple daily practice that helps you navigate out of loneliness what would that be I think being happy to sit with your own thoughts and perhaps daydream I know it sounds like a strange thing to how is that gonna combat loneliness but I think um so Terry Waite, who I interviewed for my book, and he wrote the foreword very kindly. And obviously, people will, will um, likely know that he spent five years in solitary confinement as a hostage and um, didn't know if he was going to get out alive. And, you know, it really gives a sort of sense of perspective to the social isolation. But um, he says that during those years of isolation, he would travel in his head. So he would just sit there and daydream and, and imagine, you know, far off lands and different things that he would, he wanted to do. And um, I think just sitting with yourself, something that we do as children that we we often don't have time to do um, as grown ups is just sitting with yourself and daydreaming and um, visualizing yourself in a place where you're not lonely um and you're surrounded with by surrounded by the kind of people that you really want to be surrounded by and just kind of letting your imagination take you to where you want to be and and visualizing I guess um and then when you kind of sort of 
stop stop daydreaming and carry on with your day um it's always like thinking kind of plotting a bit of a route to help you get there and it just opens up the idea of um okay maybe I could go and volunteer or perhaps if I just pick up the phone to that person that I really got on with and you know what's the worst that can happen you know that they don't want to speak to me but at least I tried or um I think it daydreaming and visualizing what you how what you want life to be like in a and not lonely um just opens the doors and and it also floods you with a bit of positive emotion which actually helps your brain function better so you it sort of opens up the problem solving side of your brain and it it just uh opens you up to possibilities and then as you go about your day you can try and plot a map to to make that happen so yeah daydreaming (laughs) well that's I think that's a really beautiful practice and to deal with that all too common natural signal that is loneliness I think that's a really wonderful route to connection so thank you so much Cheryl I'm so appreciative of you coming on this podcast I hope you enjoyed listening to this special one-off mini-series of Alonement for Loneliness Awareness Week, produced in collaboration with the Marmalade Trust. To find out more about the Marmalade Trust, visit marmaladetrust.org. Follow their work on Instagram at marmalade underscore trust and on Twitter at marmalade trust or one word. You can keep up with all things Alonement on Instagram at Alonement Official. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to hear more. And of course, sharing is caring. So please do go ahead and share this episode with a friend or loved one that you think might benefit. Thank you so much for tuning in and stay connected to others and to yourself. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.